0: Hey there listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who aren't quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Ashvin, I've got Brian on the phone, and on this week's episode we're going to be discussing the 2015 comedy slasher film The Final Girls, starring Taisa Farmiga, Malin Ackerman, Adam Devine, and Thomas Middleditch, and directed by Todd Strauss-Schulson. Brian, did I pronounce all those names right? (laughs) <laughs> Probably not Yeah, a, <laughs> They were all kind of
1: weird names
0: I know, it's such a diverse cast Even though they're all white people yeah. it's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, funny. it's pretty creative All those white names I know uh, So this film is about a group of high schoolers Who are transported into a 1980s slasher film And I picked this one because I, I just heard about this like a month ago From uh, a friend who had seen it I guess this came out a few years ago And uh, it made some uh rounds around the the festival circuits uh but brian had you heard about this one i hadn't heard of it but i didn't know much about it oh okay uh oh so you recognize the name when i recommended it yeah okay yeah i mean i I love that title because like so we, we see so many films that have uh the final girl in it and it's cool that there's a movie out there kind of um trolling that whole topic uh, which friend recommended this movie? Is it someone I know or a listener? No, it's a, it's a friend out in uh, San Francisco, uh, a guy named Andrew, um, who's also oh, okay. a horror movie buff, but yeah, he, he recommended it. Nice. Um, and so uh, I guess the, you know what's interesting is the conception of this film. Uh, one of the writers, uh, their dad was actually in the movie The Exorcist, and the movie was inspired because he kept watching his dad die on film, which kind of relates to the story of, of what happens here.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. And apparently, I think his dad died in real life and this script was a bit of a way to deal with that. Oh, wow. Do you know who his dad was in
0: the exorcist? I don't know if I looked that up. Father Carras or Carras.
1: Oh, the guy that so dies in the I beginning. I assume that was the the priest.
0: Yeah, the D- the one doesn't he like um, die? But I can't
1: remember. It's... Go ahead. Oh, doesn't he like die in the beginning? I think so. I don't, if we need to rewatch Exorcist. I've forgotten a lot of that movie. Me too,
0: yeah. That'd be a good one to rewatch. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome that that spawned this one. Um, it's directed by a guy named Todd Strauss-Schulzen, uh, who I guess directed A Very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas, which apparently <laughs> has decent reviews. I was always really surprised to see that. Have, have you seen that movie?
1: Oh, no. I haven't seen any of those movies.
0: Yeah, it sounds like he's, he's got a, a comedy background. He's done a movie called Isn't It Romantic, which came out this year, which also looks uh, like he got decent reviews for a comedy.
1: Oh, all right. Yeah, uh, this is a comedic movie. Yeah,
0: and even if you look at the cast, like the actors, it's was, it was surprising to see so many big like comedic actors in it.
1: Yeah, yeah, a lot of big names. Um, can't remember if you mentioned Adam Devine from Pitch Perfect and who plays the Manny on Modern Family yeah and not he, the character manny but the man nanny yeah you ever see him in uh workaholics no i've never watched that show
0: oh okay yeah i love him i think he's pretty funny
1: yeah uh, and uh the girl who plays the woman who plays um maybe maybe Hunters development yeah yeah it was
0: nice to Aaliyah see her
1: Shawkat. yeah uh it was actually overall like a
0: pretty big cast like that your main girl uh Taysa, she's from american horror story um Malin ackerman i know she's been in a few movies like uh the Watchmen. uh Tot- thomas yeah. middleditch is like the main guy from silicon valley so it's a pretty big cast surprisingly
1: yeah yeah and Tysa was in uh the nun she's becoming a bit of a scream queen in real life did you know she is the sister of vera farmiga I did not know they were sisters. I always got confused by their names and never knew that. They're 21 years apart. I know. <laughs> yeah, that, that whole family, I mean, uh, that, that's pretty,
0: I, th- I think there's like another person in that family that's in the film industry too, so uh, it's interesting. Okay, Yeah, and they're both in the uh, Conjuring franchise movies. I know, I know, it's becoming a family affair. too bad. Um, And uh, yeah, it's just surprising to see such a big cast with uh, a pretty minimal budget. I think the movie was only like 4.5 million. I I would consider that kind of low budget, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Low to mid. Yeah. So it's cool. They got so many uh, great people in it. Yeah. Uh, And I mean, this was 2015. So some of these people weren't quite as big of names as they are now even. True. True. Yeah. But I I don't know. I mean... Malin had already done Watchmen and Tysa had done some AHS
0: yeah maybe it was already big from uh right yeah the rest of development yeah that's it's pretty uh pretty interesting they got these people together um mm-hmm. I think it's been a while since we've seen a good like horror comedy film I mean what, what was the last one that you remember that like what, what are some of your favorite ones in that genre
1: I can't remember any of the ones we recently watched, but some of my favorites are Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Oh, yeah. Uh, I loved Deathgasm, which is one that you and I watched. Yeah, me too. That's great. And Shaun of the Dead. Uh, Tucker and Dale is the most like meta-slashery like this one is. Um, yeah. You could say Cabin in the Woods and Scream are like that, and then there's one called Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon that's like that. I realized while watching this that while I don't really love slashers that much, I love like the meta slasher, the ones that kind of like make fun of the whole genre or like just kind of really self-aware.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Especially. Yeah. It's, it seems like such an easy target because there are so many tropes and so many bad things of these like B movies that you could go in and make fun of and have a good time with. So it's, it's cool to see movies focusing on that.
1: Yeah, and I feel like horror fans, whether we like slashers or not, we tend to watch a lot of them. Or at least me and you tend to accidentally seem to stumble upon a lot of them. (laughs) Find their way to us. Uh, Yeah. I was, like, I mean, recently,
0: maybe it was in light of this movie, but um, in reading some other reviews, I never saw Scream as, like, a horror comedy. But, um, I, I don't know, did you always realize I was kind of making fun of 80s slashers? I think I missed that part.
1: I did, but I thought it was so scary. I mean, when Scream came out, I wasn't really old enough to understand the concept, really. Of I mean, sure. I theoretically probably was, but I wasn't enough of a horror fan at that time to be like, oh, this is so meta and it's referencing. Yeah. Like, I knew that it was doing that, but it was more a scary movie to me. Yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah. now watching it again, it is more comedic.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I realize that now too. Like watching it, like there's so many references, and it's kind of playing on all the things that we're used to seeing from these bad '80s movies. i um, are like, ah, oh, shit, that was actually a like a pretty meta movie. That's good.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, these movies they're on a spectrum of horror and comedy, and it's kind of fun to see where they land. Yeah. A few years ago, me and some friends were talking with my wife about how, you know, I love horror movies and she hates them. Uh-huh. And we started talking about Scream and we were like, oh, you could watch Scream. It's more funny than scary. <laughs> and that's when I realized it really is pretty scary. Yeah, yeah. She was not into it.
0: Yeah. I feel like most of the ones that are on the spectrum uh, do a good job, like the successful ones that you just mentioned, like Scream, Cabin in the Woods. Um, I forget if Tucker and Dale did this, but um, even Death Chasm, like, they have scary elements in them, so like they're funny, but then they're also like these scary moments, which are accentuated by the comedy. And I, I think that's yeah. like a, a recipe for success when you're doing a horror comedy. You need to have elements of both.
1: Yeah, the horror comedy is definitely one of my favorite subgenres. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm excited to see how you review this one then.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because I I don't I don't know uh, if I'd put this one in the same category as those. So w- one of the things that I think speaks to this film is that uh, I think it was supposed to be released by New Line Cinemas, but uh, they didn't like all the emotional stuff that's thrown into this film. Uh, there's a whole like mother daughter connection that you know takes a a main role in this film and is a big part of the storyline, and so they walked away from it. But Sony liked it and took it, but then they kind of watered it down to make it PG thirteen because I guess before it was R. Um, so I, I don't know, I, I feel like compared to some of these other ones, like, you know, you mentioned Cabin in the Woods, Death Chasm, and those like were pretty raunchy and graphic.
1: I I think this one kind of held back a bit on that side. Yeah, this one was pretty tame, which I didn't even realize until researching and realizing this was PG-13. And I was like, oh, I guess it wasn't too graphic. Yeah. I mean, how do you make fun of
0: 80s? movies uh, without showing any breasts and like barely any blood. I mean those those are core elements in those eighties slasher films, right?
1: Yeah, but I mean a lot of that stuff was implied even though they didn't explicitly show it. <laughs> true. Like it was... boobs were essentially slasher bait in this movie.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, a lot of it was implied, uh, without going into it. Which yeah made it for made for an easy watch, but I thought I thought they were kind of holding back a bit from really going all out and embracing some of that stuff. But I, I think that speaks to the different, uh, production companies, I guess. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And we'll, we'll talk more about that later. I'm sure too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, anything else, uh, to call out about this movie? I, I think, I don't think it had a, uh, it's in, it wasn't ever in, um, theaters, but it sounds like it went direct to, um, video after or directed, you know, streaming after being, uh, shown at a few festivals, but any, anything else that caught your attention?
1: No, that was it. The only thing I would add is that uh, the catalyst for the plot to move forward in this movie involves a fire at a movie theater. And apparently Cincinnati, Ohio had the first professional city fire department. In the whole U.S., the first professional fire department was in Cincinnati? Tell you the truth, I have no idea. I was <laughs> bottom of the barrel for Ohio facts for both of our movies tonight.
0: That's a good one. I mean, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna stick by that one. I'm gonna say that one with pride. That's, that's awesome. <laughs>
1: First state I'm time. like, as we're getting it like 50 episodes, I'm, I'm running <laughs> out of steam here.
0: Uh, I don't know, man. I think you're knocking them out of the park. You're on fire. <laughs> good thing <laughs> we're funny. from the state of that. <laughs> uh, good job. All right. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, you ready to take a break and then come back and talk about the plot in our review? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I'm going to go. I think it's almost time for something to open, so I'll be right back.
1: (laughs) Okay. All right.
0: All right, Brian, I'm back. Yeah? Yeah, you know, it was, it was getting close to 8 o'clock, and that's the time your mom's legs open. I thought that was one of the best slides in the movie. He's like, nice legs, what time do they open? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh yeah was that uh was that adam Devine's character who said that yeah he had some of the best lines in this film <laughs> he had some great lines and yeah. i loved. did you watch the outtakes or the blooper reel oh yeah at the end yeah <laughs> apparently everybody was kind of allowed to improvise this quite a bit and yeah it, there were some good outtakes.
0: Yeah, he had like some of the best lines in that. He did. He's, he's a pretty funny dude. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a great
1: character. <laughs> I like him mm-hmm. a lot.
0: <laughs> All right, Brian. So you ready to talk about the plot? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, so this movie kicks off uh, with a preview of a movie from the 1980s called Camp Bloodbath. And this is clearly a ripoff off of uh, Friday the 13th uh, where you have like this masked villain who very much resembles Jason. He's wearing a mask and everything, and he's in the woods uh, hunting down these camp counselors, except in Camp Bloodbath, his name is Billy. Um, Even his mask is pretty similar to Jason, right?
1: Yeah, and I think another movie they're kind of ripping off is The Burning, which we need to watch at some point, too.
0: Oh, really? Is that another 80s slasher film? Yeah, it's a
1: sleepaway camp slashery type thing.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Got it, yeah. So right off the bat, and it's cool. They have some cool effects making it look very vintage, and you know, they capture that really well. Yeah, um, so then we jump into present day, uh, and Max, and who's played by uh, Tysa Farmiga, is you know, a young girl. She's with her mother, Amanda, who was one of the fa- famous actresses from this movie Camp Bloodbath, and now she's like unsuccessfully trying to rebrand herself, and she's going in for some acting roles, and she's having a hard time. Getting a, a, uh, you know, people to see her outside of that character that she once played in this film. And we have kind of like a great opening scene where her and her mother are driving in this car and they're singing a song. Uh, I forget what that song was. Um Betty Davis eyes. Oh yeah. I never heard that song. I liked it a lot. Are you are you, you, you know never that
1: heard that song?
0: No. Have you? Yeah. Oh man. I'm blown away. I know. You know, know. My, my wife's like dancing through it and so I was like, What is this? Great song though. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty bad when it yeah, comes to those. Add that to your playlist. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so yeah, they're having a good time, but then suddenly the this car crashes and the mother dies. Um, there's a weird thing here where that car crash is like super animated and you know very computer graphic y.
1: What what was that about? I did not notice that, but yeah, I would think that's probably just about the 4.5 million budget. Yeah, yeah.
0: Probably just had to make a cut somewhere. So just yeah simulated this car crash um so then we jump a few years later like three years in the future and max is in high school and um she has a friend named gertie and they're like on a study date with a guy named chris who's kind of like this dumb love interest guy and then uh they're at a diner and gertie's brother who's played by thomas middleditch his name is duncan in the movie shows up and he's trying to get max to come to a camp bloodbath uh, anniversary showing uh, you know, cause she was, she's the daughter of like one of the main actresses in it, which was her mother who died. Uh, so she doesn't want to go, but she ends up going reluctantly and while she's there, the theater catches on fire and to escape, she finds a machete and cuts through the screen and then her and her friends kind of jump through it. Brian, where, where was that?
1: Where did that machete come from? It came from one of the super fans who was dressed as the killer holding a machete. Oh, wow. He came to the theater with an actual
0: machete? <laughs> yeah. That's that's interesting in this environment. Interesting uh, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> uh so her and uh so so she wakes up and she's like in the woods and her friends are there, which is Chris, her friend Gertie, Duncan and, uh, which is Gertie's stepbrother, and then uh Chris's old girlfriend Vicky, uh they all kind of wake up in the woods and they realize that uh, you know, they see this car drive by like this old Volkswagen Bus and they realize they're in the opening scene of the movie that they were just there to watch, and uh, the main characters are in the car, the main characters of the movie, and they uh, ask them where the camp is, and they realize, oh shoot, we're stuck in this film now, and so they jump into the car with the main characters of the film and head to Camp Bloodbath, and on the way, Max meets her her uh, mom who's playing as, as as the character that she is in the movie, and she's blown away that like her mother who's like died in real life is suddenly interacting with her through this character from this 1980s movie when her mother was, like, a young teenager. So um, some heavy kind of moments there where, like, Max is realizing, like, oh, I'm talking to my dead
1: mother. Um, Brian, did that make you tear up at all? I honestly did get teared up at, at least one point in this movie. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I actually love how it's such an outlandish concept. Like, not only are they inside a movie, but it's this goofy 80s slasher, but then... It's very emotionally heavy and touching with, um, yeah, Max confronting her mother and being face to face with her mother who's been dead for years.
0: Yeah, that really adds like a very original and new dimension to this because I think there are other movies out there where characters like go into movies like um, Last Action Hero with Arnold (laughs) Schwarzenegger. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure some others. But yeah, you're right. That adds like a a more of an emotional element. Kind of grounds it a bit um so everyone arrives at the camp and uh these these characters uh you know max and her friends they kind of try to blend in they say they're camp counselors too and everyone's like showing up at this camp for like a giant slumber party and it's all part of this movie script and there's some initial like good riffing going on about like 80s stuff uh there's like someone saying oh yo that guitar is very choice or hey bitching haircuts and at one point, like Duncan's talking to Adam Levine's, or Adam uh, Devine, Devine, right? Adam Devine?
1: D- Adam Devine, yeah. Adam Devine. Levine is the dude from uh, Maroon 5. Oh, God, so much worse.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, g- talking to him and like just making fun of like how bad his uh, dialogue is in script. So uh, I-, I kind of enjoyed this part where they're just kind of trolling all all the cast members.
1: Yeah, just the the ridiculousness of the concept. It kind of writes its own jokes. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> just making fun of
1: 80s slashers or the characters might say something that the characters from the actual movie Can't Bloodbath don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what a yeah. cell phone is. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, there's some good play with that. I yeah. I, I enjoy that aspect. Um, so pretty soon, uh, uh, Billy, the, the Jason-like figure shows up and starts killing people and at first, uh, Max and her friends, they think that they're immune to this because they still, they still see themselves as these viewers who can't be hurt, they're still in the audience and Duncan's, like, trying to take a selfie of himself and this Billy slasher killer guy, uh, but then Billy, uh, ends up killing Duncan or, like, you know, throws a knife at him and, and cuts him up and he thinks he's dead, um. Which, you know, it's kind of funny. And then, you know, and then shoot, like, they realize that, uh, you know, they, they they can actually be killed in this. So it's kind of a scary moment for them. So then to save themselves, they realize that they had to stop everyone at the camp from having sex with each other. Since that's a horror movie thing where every time someone has sex, they end up getting murdered. So there's some interesting parts where, like, they're trying to talk the characters out of having sex. Which I, I enjoy. I thought that was kind of funny. I don't know. What would you, would you think of that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, like uh, Adam Devine's character is like trying to go off on, like, you know, how excited he is to have sex. And meanwhile, Max's friend is trying to tell him about, like, oh, yeah, that's a cool magazine to read with those nude pictures. But have you ever tried reading the articles? Those are great. It's just like some really funny, like, you know, don't have sex, hold out kind of talks. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, so some of them, uh, but yeah, so so they, they kind of fail to stop everyone. And eventually like, they have to tell the counselors that you know you guys are all in this movie and you're going to all be killed by this character, Billy. And all the counselors freak out. Some of them try to escape uh, and end up dying in this horrible car crash. Uh, the others who are remaining band together and start figuring out how to survive by building all these booby traps to eventually kill Billy. And Brian, I was, I was a little surprised by how quickly all the characters in this movie bought into the idea that they are living inside of a movie just because these uh, outsiders came in and
1: told them that. Did that seem suspicious to you? Um, I didn't give it too much thought considering the ridiculousness of the premise. I guess, yeah. Where the start?
0: <laughs>
1: That's true. But in guess... reality, yeah, it, it would take more convincing <laughs> if someone yeah, arrived just... and told me I was in a movie. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: yeah, It's a boring-ass I... movie exactly <laughs> like this movie's way too long
0: and boring <laughs> <laughs> uh so then we get uh so so while they're prepping the house uh to you know uh, d- defeat uh the character billy this the slasher uh we get some long scenes of max talking to her mother's character and not telling her exactly that she's her daughter but trying to tell her like oh you got a lot to live for we can escape together and just like some real bonding going on here um brian is this when you started to cry Oh, it's probably the third time I started to cry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm a big crier. Do you ever cry during movies? Uh, rarely. I don't have a lot of emotions, so no. <laughs> <Not really. laughs> but the, yeah, this-
1: I'm a pretty big crier. Boy, uh, there was a touching moment when we watched, oh shoot, what's that movie called? The Train to Busan?
0: Yeah. Oh, that father-daughter
1: one, right? Between father-daughter, he has like a flashback to when she was born, and my wife was pretty pregnant at that point. Uh-huh. And I literally was like bawling, like openly weeping. I had to like pause the movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that, that movie had some powerful imagery, and I thought that, yeah, it definitely brought up, the, it built up the connection. I, did, I, yeah. I, I don't know if this one, I, I don't know. I, like, I mean, she uh, could she wasn't telling this uh, this character that, hey, you're my mother in real life. But um, I guess you could tell she was kind of holding back a bit. And, yeah, I I guess it got pretty emotional.
1: Yeah, and they had a lot of ways for a lot of, uh, they provided subtext in a lot of subtle ways, or not so subtle maybe, but without actually coming out and saying, hey, you're my mom. Mm -hmm. At one point, her mom's character is like, it's hard to be away from your parents, huh? Because she's kind of set Uh it up like, oh, this is my first time away from home. Yeah, And she just like, looks at her stifling a tear, and is like, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, you're so, right. Throughout the
1: mm-hmm. They do that a lot. Yeah. Throughout the movie, I wish I had like, written down more of the lines, but I, I feel like it was a very well-written script, and they pretty cleverly worked that in without being too on the nose.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. Throughout the movie, she's like dropping lines that you would expect, kind of like a mother or like some kind of parenting figure. When you know like this main character, Max, has kind of been going through this, you know, deep... Thing of not being able to let her mother go for the past few years. So yeah, you're right. That hits pretty hard. Right. So uh, eventually, Billy shows up, and, and this is one of my favorite scenes. So th- there's this one actress uh, or uh, char- character in this film that uh, is like known for doing like this famous strip scene. Um, but they're trying to get her to like stop from stripping because they know as soon as she does, she's gonna get killed. So th- they have her like stuck in this life jacket and like her hands like in these mittens so that she can't like strip. Uh, until, like, they set the whole house up and it's booby-trapped, and then they let her loose. But at this point, she somehow, like, came across this bottle of Adderall, and she's all hopped up, and she does this uh, strip tease now, which is, like, really Adderall-driven, and just, like, super <laughs> focused.
1: I, this is the scene where I cried, because I thought <laughs> it was hilarious. This woman <laughs> was hilarious. I wish I forgot to write down her name, the actress, but the character's name was Tina, and she yeah. many times in the movie movie made me laugh pretty hard. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: she was like just trying to do a strip tease the whole time <laughs> that was like
1: the one thing was, she was there for there was a scene where she's like all Adderall her all hopped up and she's talking to somebody and a fly buzzes around her head and she just like laser focuses on the fly oh yeah and i read that that was ad-libbed and that was a real fly that came into the shop oh <laughs> that's just, awesome she was just nailing it
0: yeah 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 she was great she was pretty entertaining yeah. Uh but yeah, so at this part they, they let her do this trip tease on Adderall and it's it's hilarious. And then uh Billy shows up to kill her and she runs into the house and ends up dying on one of the booby traps. Billy comes into the house and you know they're they're trying to like attack him with uh some of the traps that they have, but none of it's stopping him, and he ends up killing most of the characters. Um, and then uh eventually You know, um, it comes down to uh, just Max and her mother is left and and Chris is somewhere. You know, I think he's hurt somewhere. Uh, Everyone else is dead. And her mother realizes that the only way to save Max is for her to sacrifice herself uh, so that Max uh, becomes the final girl who, you know, as movies go in this genre, ends up surviving. So you have this scene where her mother walks out and, like, baits Billy by doing, like, a striptease. And then Billy comes and kills her. And then Max attacks and kills Billy um, and then the credits roll and Max wakes up and she's in a hospital and all her friends are back to life and they're all there and kind of like, you know, talking about how they made it out. But then they hear this, uh, music, uh, you know, the scary music come and they peer out into the hallway and Billy shows up and they realize that they just woke up in the sequel of the film. And that's where the film ends. Yep. Any, anything I miss?
1: Uh, I would just add that there was some, some more emotional weight added to the mom dying within the movie, even though she's doing a strip tease to bait a slasher. Um, she's dancing to Betty Davis eyes, which is how they got in the car accident. She was dancing True. to that song in the car. So she's watching her mom die in a very different way, but she's also dancing to the song just as, as happened in real life.
0: Yeah, I guess that's another emotional scene where she does that. Yeah. Gives, gives herself a there's some kind of like long goodbye there. Yep. Uh, and so then yeah. Taysa oh. kind
1: of turns into a superhero as she's taking on <laughs> Billy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of a fun I, action scene there. Sure. Yeah,
0: that, that was a good good last fight. And I, I think the whole uh, metaphor, I, I guess what's going on there, she's kind of letting her mom go, right? And then like kind of like coming out of her shell or whatever and becoming like this brave fighter, I guess maybe
1: yeah and and realizing that her mom's gonna be with her no matter what her mom gives her a friendship bracelet in the movie and they come out of the movie and she's still wearing it yeah yeah exactly so
0: yeah you're right a lot of heavy lines and emotions and uh interplay of a story with like you know a lot of heart to it um but yeah i mean what did you think overall like how many adderall pumped street strip teases would you give this one what did you like what
1: didn't you like you know, I would give this five Adderall Pump strip teases.
0: Wow, five. Damn. I, I,
1: I loved this movie. I was eating up everything about it. Wow. Thought it was funny. I thought it was a really satisfying script. Things were set up and then knocked down in an efficient way. They tied a lot of things together. It was really stylized. It had a really good score. And, yeah, I, I'm a sucker for an emotional, <laughs> a, like a traditional emotional narrative. And when it's done in a creative new way, that's just, it checks all the boxes for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're going into this movie, you know, just expecting a comedy, I, I think you're right. You, you get like something a little bit extra in terms of that, that storyline and um, you know some character development there. So uh, I hear you on, on that five. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I only give it a, a three and a half because... I felt like if you're going into the comedy genre, you gotta like leave your heart behind, and you gotta, you know, just embrace like the raunchiness and craziness of it, and just go kind of balls to the walls. Especially when you're taking on a genre which is just so absurd and uh, silly, um, to try to like throw heart into it just felt um, almost contradictory to like what they were trying to do, which was you know make fun of uh, B movies. So I, I don't know. I that that mishmash of those two things. Uh, left me feeling like they kind of took a half assed approach to making fun of a genre and then also like trying to make a heartwarming movie. I could not disagree with you more. Really? I mean, don't you feel like the emotional aspect takes
1: away from the the funny the, the, the comedy element? No, I feel like so many great comedies do have an emotional aspect. I think, I mean, my viewpoint is that every movie should. Not telling she, any, anybody what to like or how a movie should be made, but my favorite movies are all like that. And that's almost, my biggest complaint with slashers is that there's no emotion, no character. Yeah. And this movie had a lot of pretty well-developed characters, and the relationship between the daughter and the mom was great and treated really well and with respect. And I don't think they sacrificed any laughs. It was a really funny movie.
0: I don't know. I, I feel like some of the scenes where she's talking to her mother like went on for like too long and talking about like the mother talking about her dreams, like oh one day I want to like go to this place and I want to have a daughter and all this stuff. Just I, I feel like some of those scenes went on a little bit too long and ended up pulling away from like the plot. I mean, think about a movie like uh, Cabin in the Woods where. I mean, I feel like it was more comedic, but you did have some emotional elements at the end. You're writing the... You're bought into these characters, and, and the emotion you're feeling is like, oh, great, you're surviving, and, like, there's victory, and uh, you're kind of cheering for them to, like, win. It's it's a different kind of emotion than, uh, oh, this person misses her parents or their parents, and they're bonding with their parents again. Um, I, I, I don't know, like, how would you compare the, the two different types of
1: approaches there to being emotional? Yeah, I mean... I guess I don't know how to compare those. These are two two very different movies. I guess it depends on what you like, but I think if you can weave in an emotional story without sacrificing laughs, then you've written a better screenplay and you've made a better movie. Like Think about Tommy Boy. This is not a horror movie, but it's one of the funniest movies in the 90s, and that's (laughs) very emotional. I mean, you wouldn't think of it that way, but it's about a guy who loves his dad, doesn't have that many friends, his dad passes away i guess he he has yeah whatever (laughs) and it's all it's all about like him feeling like a failure trying to live up to his dad's memory and and dealing with missing his dad that's true
0: but do you feel like you have like a 15 20 minute scene in tommy boy where he's talking about that or is it just kind of shown through uh like small comments he makes throughout Uh, Because in this one, I feel like you had two or three scenes between the mother and the daughter where they're kind of talking about, you know, pretty heavy stuff. And yeah, Tommy Boy is a good example where you you have the same dynamic, but you don't have like that amount of screen time or screen time dedicated towards, you know, those two just like talking to each other about like how much of a disappointment he feels like.
1: I would beg to differ. I think if you watch Tommy Boy and compared the time spent on emotional stuff and compared it to this movie, it would be about the same. I think you're exaggerating how much time is spent on the emotion in this movie. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Well, yeah. So, so, but like, it's kind of like a Tommy Boy versus a Dumb and Dumber. Like,
0: (laughs) yeah, Dumb and Dumber,
1: I guess has there are some deeper things happening there, but not really.
0: Yeah, there's a whole friendship, uh, and you're kind of uh, you know that that's kind of at the heart of the movie is like they're they're them staying friends. Um, But yeah, I I see the the comparison with Tommy Boy because it's you have the parents thing. So that that does seem more applicable. But yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Uh, maybe I'm overstating the amount of time that... I I, I kind of felt like they, that, that, they went into that a little more than I would have liked to see them go. And then uh, just, yeah, not having too many gory kills or, yeah, not having breasts. I thought, like, how are you going to make fun of that genre without actually showing that stuff, which are trademarks of the slasher films?
1: Yeah, but, but I don't think you need to show it to make fun of it. Basically, you're New Line Cinema in this argument, and I'm Sony. yeah. yeah. I am. I think I I would have liked to see the New Line
0: Cinema version where they're like, uh, yeah, just keep it raunchy, dial down the emotion stuff, and, uh, and, you know, ramp up the gore. Uh, Because, I don't know, you think of, like, Deathgasm, Dead Snow, uh, you know, Cabin in the Woods, those are all, like, pretty—everything's, like, to the extreme, and I didn't feel like this one was that much to the extreme.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like what you're playing for laughs. Like, a lot of horror comedies— the over the top gore and the gross out stuff, yeah, is what is funny, and this didn't go that route. it found its last elsewhere' Because it was such a interesting and inventive comment that that's I think you they were right to rely on the concept itself for the last rather than the over the top gore. I mean they yeah. could have thrown it in and and it probably would have enhanced the movie i, I yeah. see what you're saying, but i like I like the route that they took with this,
0: okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, th- I think they did take a different route than we're used to seeing. And, and yeah, you're right. I mean, it, yeah. it has its own value. It's pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I'm sure certain genre fans would have loved that if they had done the new line cinema approach and mm-hmm. uh, dialed back the drama and, and enhanced the gore. But I, I loved it. I loved it the way it was. That's that's and my a little life bit motto. of a sucker. For, oh yeah, for like a <laughs> PG <PG-13> thirteen comedy. <laughs> You love those
0: <laughs> parental themed, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean the parental themes get me. That's no secret.
0: <laughs> yeah, that explains why you liked uh, Pet Cemetery so much. <laughs> <Parental-themed>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I hear you. It's it's interesting that they took a different approach, and um, yeah, I, I think you're right. It's it's cool that they were unique about it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's it's. If, I, I guess if you're not expecting uh, that, it can it can be kind of surprising. It's a nice yeah, surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, yeah, Any uh, anything else uh, to call out on this
1: movie? That's all I got. I hope we're pronouncing Taysa Farmiga's name correctly.
0: That's another thing. I'm not sure I'm in, in love with her. Uh, do, do, you, do you feel like she carried the movie well?
1: I do. I went into the movie thinking I didn't like her, and then I realized I do. I, I don't dislike it. Um, I mean, I don't know. Something about her, I think it's because she's so young looking. Mm
0: -hmm. That's kind of her thing. It feels,
1: yeah, yeah, it just feels like you're watching, I mean, it is high school students, but (laughs) I don't know know what it is about her. Like, you feel like you're going to get something dumped down a little bit. But I actually thought she gave a really good performance here and really sold the emotion.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. She has that very vulnerable look to her very young uh almost like you know she almost like the, the you is she isn't someone you'd expect to see in a movie sometimes just because uh, yeah yeah
1: I think I'm also basing a, I'm putting a lot of things onto her that are from the writing in American horror story which sometimes isn't mm-hmm. always the best in my opinion sure so I think I'm associating some of that with her as an actress which is unfair oh okay okay right like there yeah. there's some cheesy things that they have her do in that show that I, I wasn't on board with but oh okay I, so come, yeah mm-hmm. i think i've come to associate that with her okay so this was
0: you liked to see her in this role you thought it was she did a good job here yeah 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 i don't know i, I kind of felt like the surrounding like what, what my favorite parts of this movie were like the surrounding cast like i thought all the, you know, Tom Middle itch, uh, Adam Devine, um, her friends, Aaliyah, uh, Aaliyah from uh, Arrested Development. I, I kind of like their performances a lot more. I, I, I But just their characters were, I think, a little more interesting than hers. But, I mean, I guess she was the, I, as the main character, she was the one kind of carrying the weight throughout the movie.
1: Right, right. All right. Yeah, everyone, well, I thought everyone did a really good job. Yeah, 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 you had some fun performances here. All right, cool. It's a new favorite for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, Five. That's amazing. All right. So totally not what I expected. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. I think Joseph might have gotten into my head when he told me I that we didn't like any horror movies. I was <laughs> yeah. ready to like something.
0: <laughs> Next thing I watch is going to be a Five no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's all for our discussion today on The Final Girls. If you enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. It helps more people find our show, and we very much appreciate it. If you want to join the discussion, you can find our social links on our website, horrormovieclub.com, or shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. We'll announce next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter, in case you want to watch it before the next episode. Our logo is done by Amy Mae Pop Art, so check her out on etsy.com. And until the next time, if you find yourself trapped in a movie with a killer and you're trying to take a selfie of yourself, make sure to do so from a safe distance and don't feed the slashers.